you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and a lifelong Missouri Tigers football and basketball fan. And today on Locked On Mizzou, we've got some pretty major injury updates for the Tigers as we creep along with just a little over a week and a half till the opener against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And also, the Missouri Tiger football offense showed some improvement following Saturday's scrimmage, the inter-squad scrimmage. And, well, we've got some bites from Coach Eli Drinkwitz about all of that. But first, I do want to, well, clean something up from a previous episode right here at the top. And I was actually questioning Eli's pronunciation of a Tiger's name, Markel Utzi. Indeed, it is Markel Utzi. I was saying, wait, isn't it Marcel? But no, I was confused. I was thinking of former Tiger defensive end Marcel Frazier. So there you go. That clears up any confusion we had last week. And obviously, with the Kansas City Chiefs opening the NFL season in just two days, believe it or not. I barely can believe it, to be honest, but it's true. In two days, the Chiefs will be playing the Houston Texans, and well, obviously that means that all these NFL teams have to get down to their final 30, or I'm sorry, final 53-man rosters. And so far, speaking of those Kansas City Chiefs, only Yasir Durant among the undrafted Tigers from this past 2020 draft actually made the final team. And, well, he is going to be on the Chiefs roster as an offensive lineman. So certainly a big congratulations to Yasir, who, quite honestly, I thought he had a chance to make that team. So I'm glad he made it. And certainly I also thought that Cale Garrett had a decent chance to make the Tennessee Titans as well. But Unfortunately, he was released by the Titans. It does sound like he, I haven't seen any follow-ups since his official release, but from what I've heard, he has a good chance to make, if not the Tennessee practice squad, certainly somebody's practice squad. It sounds like Kale may get picked up by somebody, but I will say, a guy like Kale Garrett, I just felt like he was going to be a tough cut once you got him into training camp, but quite frankly, he may be one of many undrafted rookies or even guys you know sixth seventh rounders guys who are on the back end of the roster churn if you will without any preseason games to show out those limited reps you know when you really turn on the lights play against a different opponent for as much as it may seem silly to take a the the dreaded small sample size and overanalyze that too much I think Let's be honest, that's all football is, is small sample sizes. Even in a 12- to 16-game schedule, I mean, that's like that's a bad couple weeks in baseball, right? So just our whole perspective can just change dramatically just based on what sport it is. So bottom line, I really think Kale, if he had some preseason games, we got to see what he really looked like in there at middle linebacker against real competition, against a different opponent. You know, I think he might have made the team, but unfortunately for now, Kale Garrett may have to may have to settle for being on a practice squad, along with several other Tigers that were released, including former linebacker Therese Hall, Chris, Tristan Colon Castillo, Demarcus Acey, T. 
Tucker McCann, among several others. And now, moving on to this 2020 college football season, Eli Drinkwitz met with the media via Zoom video after Saturday's scrimmage. And other than him obviously being a little bit more pleased with the offense than he has been for most of fall camp, I felt like probably the most significant thing he had to say was an injury update, a fairly extensive injury update, at least more extensive than what I was expecting. So why don't we hear what Eli Drinkwitz had to say about the walking wounded? From an injury standpoint, um, we had a lot of guys missing today um, for different things. Uh, Chad Bailey is going to be out um, for the next uh, two to three weeks with a hand injury. Hiron White was out with a shoulder injury. Elijah Young was out with a shoulder injury. Markel Utzi was out with a, a upper body injury, upper torso injury. Maurice Massey was out with a lower knee injury. Damon Hazelton was out with a soft tissue injury. Um, and so those are some guys that y'all are familiar with. I think for the most part, we stayed pretty healthy today. I think we had uh, uh, one player get dinged up and, and didn't finish the practice, but uh, he will be just got done in the training room. He will be fine uh, moving forward. So the the one player there at the end. Now that's the kind of level of secret of state secrets that I've come to expect from Eli Drinkwitz. But to me, the most interesting and noteworthy updates there was number one about Damon Hazelton, the fact that he has a soft tissue injury. Well, frankly, anytime I don't want to hear about a dreaded soft tissue injury with less than two weeks to go in the opening week of the season against the guy who most expected to maybe be the number one wide receiver option. Again, Damon Hazelton, a transfer from Virginia Tech, a grad transfer. Guy's been very productive in the ACC already. So it's a little bit concerning that, well, frankly, we've talked about how Eli has this thing where he doesn't like to actually officially give you your jersey number until you've made a big play in practice, a, a turnover, a, a big catch, whatever the, whatever the heck it might be. Well, Hazleton has not yet gotten his jersey, and to me that's less about, oh, is he a good player or not. It it's, makes me think, gosh, maybe this soft tissue injury, whether it's a, a strained calf, a hamstring, whatever it might be, these are the types of things that can linger. So that's a bit, that's a bit of a concern to me and certainly something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Is Damon Hazelton practicing? Is he looking good? I want to hear about that leading up into game week as much as we can. That's for sure. The other big injury to note for me was Hiron White, who was one of three offensive linemen returning from Missouri with significant experience. So again, we may have to be reaching for some freshmen, sophomores, guys with very little experience on the offensive line just out of out of pure need, quite frankly. And you know what? While we're at it, let's hear what Eli had to say about the offensive line in general and, well, specifically about Saturday's scrimmage. You know, I, honestly, I think for them it's very similar to the quarterback and that the situation was we were rotating a lot of guys. We had some guys in quarantine. We had some guys with COVID. We had some guys with some injuries. And We've just been rotating a group, and I think today is the first time that we've really played with the same five for five or six consecutive practices, and it's been a really nice uh, – they're starting to work together and, and starting to understand how to play with each other and create that unit, and 
I think Coach Johnson's done an outstanding job just continuing to develop these guys' demeanor and how we want to play, what kind of effort we want to play with. And he's done an unbelievable job. Stinking cast and die, you know, to see who's going to play offensive line on this day or that day with just all the different things. So he's done a really nice job, and our guys have, have adapted well. But today was probably the best day they've had in protection, um, which, you know, gives your quarterback the freedom to sit in the pocket and then gives your wideouts the chance to, to make contested catches. So that was good to see today. Well, those are certainly encouraging words. And Eli has more encouraging words about the offense coming right up. But first, Got to tell you about my friends at rockauto.com. Because in the year 2020, let's be honest, we would much rather have something quickly and on demand as opposed to going to an auto parts store, sifting around, hoping that they have the kind of car part that you want for your specific needs. And then you got to go in and pretend like you know more about cars than you really do with the guy at the counter. Well, who needs all that? Because at rockauto.com, they have everything you could possibly need, including engine control modules, brake lights, heck, even a brand new carpet for your interior. And best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Easy for me to say. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle. And write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com You know, even though I've given Eli Drinkwitz a little bit of gentle nudging, a little gentle crap, I guess one could say, about his massive secrecy involving the quarterback position and by putting blinds around the fences on the practice fields on Stadium Boulevard. But you know what? To be really honest, he has a tough time hiding his feelings. And frankly, you can read between the lines on a lot of things, especially when it comes to the performance of his team. And you can tell he hasn't been terribly impressed with how his offense has performed through most of camp. But You know what? His attitude changed a little bit following Saturday's scrimmage. So let's hear his general thoughts on the offense quickly. Yeah, we got a couple first downs, which was a huge positive. And we scored a couple of touchdowns, which again was a huge positive. Um, I thought, I thought our guys did a nice job staying in front of the chains and staying out of negative plays, which is, has been an issue for us in all the move the ball situations. And today we just didn't have those and allowed us to function and call some manageable third downs. And then Eli would continue more specifically, especially about the wide receivers and then later the quarterbacks too. Um, I thought our wideouts did as good a job as they've done uh, making contested catches and winning versus some man-to-man situations. I thought our quarterbacks did a nice job of recognizing man's own coverage and uh, finding the finding their answers in the progression. It, it, it honestly, it was, it was, uh, it was refreshing. It, it, it reminded me that we can still coach a little bit around here, to be honest. So it was good to see that offensively. Consequently, defensively, we got to do a better job of stopping guys on third downs and not, uh, you know, getting them behind the sticks on first downs. Well, again, that sort of sh- sort of shows the inherent difficulty with judging intra-squad scrimmages, practices, anything like that. In fact, Eli joked a little bit at the beginning of this press conference about how. 
well, I'm either hacked off at the offense or I'm hacked off at the defense. It's hard to be happy with both of them. But he actually he did say there was kind of a nice give and take in a balance, whereas the offense started off practice, the scrimmage hot, again, got some first downs, got an early touchdown, but then the defense may have finished strong. So it seemed like overall, compared to the previous scrimmage and maybe just camp in general, Eli seemed a bit more pleased. So I don't know if you want to read between the lines. I'd say that's a decent sign as we head here with about 10 days left to the opener. And coming up next, Eli was asked if he ever had any doubts that this season was going to actually start. And I have some takes on people's bad takes about TV ratings. So in his 10 Thoughts column on posted Monday morning over at PowerMizzou.com, Gabe DeArmond speculated, as others have, that if the Big 12 had fallen if they had decided to cancel the college football season just like the the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did before them, well, then that would have caused the ACC domino to fall. And with them, the SEC would have said, you know what, we can't be the only Power Five conference that's going to play. And they would have fallen as well. But you know what? I think Gabe is right. In fact, he's probably right about all of it. I would question that last part, though. I honestly think that in SEC country, I think that maybe even if they initially did cancel college football along with everybody else, I think now that we've seen, even Gabe is now, who is definitely a pessimist as I was about a month ago, he's now saying, I think we'll get through this season one way or the other. I think we'll play 10 games. So with that having been said, I think even if the SEC would have initially canceled I think they would have changed their mind eventually and maybe been the only Power 5 conference actually playing in the fall. But that's just my speculation. But maybe even more importantly, what did Eli Drinkwitz think? What was going through his mind during this whole process? Was there ever a thought in his mind that, gosh, maybe this 2020 season, his initial season at Missouri, isn't going to happen? Yeah, when a couple of conferences folded. We were kind of worried about it. But, you know, again, I tip my hat to Commissioner Sankey and the presidents of our university and the rest of the conferences. You know, I, I think Greg Sankey's done an outstanding job leading and not being worried about uh, whatever's on Twitter. Uh, he makes decisions in real time and takes his time and and has been that same way the entire time since March. Uh, he said, I'm going to be deliberate in my decision-making and I'm going to try to give us as much time as we can. And, and uh Got full trust and confidence in, in what he's done uh, compared to some of the other ones. So again, while Drinkwitz has maybe not always been thrilled with the level of transparency on certain decisions in the SEC office, obviously showing that he's very, very pleased to be playing college football this season and grateful not to be in the Big Ten or the Pac-12 right now. And certainly Michael Maietti, our new center, Transfer from Rutgers, he's certainly grateful to be here as well because, well, if he'd have stayed at Rutgers, no football for him. Well, until at least, I don't know, November, December, January, the spring, who the heck knows what's going on over in the Big Ten. By the way, the other day, I turned on the U.S. Open, the tennis tournament in New York City, obviously, and for just a few minutes, I forgot about COVID-19 because 
for all the talk of precautions and all the other sports, me personally, I just hadn't heard much about tennis. But then, quickly, there ultimately, there was a shot of the stands, the empty stands, and then various ball boys with masks and stuff. And after just a few minutes, I got a little bit low-key bummed out. And you know what? Dang it. I can't be alone in that. I can't be the only one who wants to just escape from all this, no matter what you think of it a little bit. And the reason I bring this up is because I've seen a lot of what I would call questionable at best and possibly just really bad takes on television ratings. For instance, all the people who maybe aren't thrilled with, you know, for instance, Black Lives Matter being painted on the court of the NBA, or just the over-politicization in general of pro sports right now, well, they're pointing to the ratings for the HBO docuseries Hard Knocks, which of course follows an NFL tr- team throughout training camp for the month of August, essentially. Well, the ratings for Hard Knocks are way, way down. and I mean, I'm talking like a third of what they normally are, like say 280,000 people versus your usual three quarters of a million. But here's the thing. Let's not forget what a bizarre period that we're in. And it's not just about, well, the masks, and maybe I don't want to see people in masks and hear more about COVID. Just think about all the options that we have right now compared to normal. Of course, Hard Knocks ratings are down. One of their episodes had to go against Game 7 of an NBA playoff game. Normally, Hard Knocks, is sports-wise, is going up against the doldrums of August baseball, and basically nothing else. There's really not a whole lot else happening during then. Also, frankly, with no preseason games, that's kind of one of the fun parts of of Hard Knocks. You would maybe see whether you watched an actual preseason game involving the Hard Knocks team or not. Maybe somebody would get injured. Maybe somebody would get cut. Maybe a new veteran would come onto the scene. There was obviously lots of Antonio Brown news constantly when he was on the Raiders and they were being profiled on Hard Knocks last year. So this whole thing of, well, obviously this shows that people are tired of politics in the NFL. Let's pump the brakes a little bit because, again, again, another thing, it's also summer. You know, people are saying, oh, the NBA, well, their ratings are down too. Well, normally NBA basketball has been over for months In the summer, people just watch a lot less television. There's a reason why Saturday Night Live is never live during the summer. There's a reason why Modern Family and Better Call Saul and South Park and all these these hit shows, there's a reason they don't debut in July. And that's because there's just less eyeballs watching television during the summer for obvious reasons. So my thing is, Until the NFL ratings for the actual games, until they're down, especially in November, December, then I'll believe it. Then I'll believe this has really had a significant impact. But even early, it's going to be bizarre because even these NFL games, these college football games, again, don't be fooled by any strange ratings takes because this is a truly strange year. College football's never had to go up against the NBA finals before. Again, I just don't think you can – got to take everything you see this season, not only in terms of win-loss record, but in terms of viewership. 
gate, the whole thing. You got to take it all with a grain of salt and frankly, just throw it all out because this year has nothing in common with anything that's ever come before. And hopefully nothing that will ever happen in preceding years. But hey, with all that being said, thank you all once again for listening to this show. And if you're a brand new listener, please hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify, Google Podcasts, heck, just about anywhere you can possibly find a podcast. You can find Locked on Mizzou or all the various podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.